will robots take over the world? Will AI be the answer to the big problems that we haven't been able to solve? Who knows? Tech companies would very much like to think that AI is going to be the answer to our big world problems and what a world it would be if AI was able to do this. Hello and welcome to Unsaid at Work. I'm Catherine Stagg-Macy, your host, executive and team coach, interested in the conversations that we don't have, the hard ones, the crunchy ones, the forgotten ones, or the complicated ones like artificial intelligence. And that's the topic I'm back on this week. A few months ago, I recorded a conversation that was episode 21 with Wei Wang, and we spoke about what was what felt very new at the time, chat GPT and artificial intelligence. And we looked at some of the potential benefits of AI, including increasing productivity and creativity, some of the concerns as well around that. And it's currently tracking the top four of downloads, so it definitely hit on something. And the feedback I did get from some folk was that it still felt a little complicated and it felt a little overwhelming. And I realized that Wayne and I both have technical backgrounds and perhaps we'd gone too far, too fast into that. And there was some value in reframing this conversation for people who don't identify as technical, which is the you know, a large majority of us. So in this week, I want to share with you in a way that I sort of bottom line things. So I want to share with you five things that I think you should know about ChatGPT slash AI as a non-technical person. I'm going to hopefully help you see how much of AI is already in your life, that you're already using it today. We'll talk about the different types of AI. It sounds a bit complicated, but I think it's helpful to see them in different brackets. And the one thing I think that you as a, as a leader who's non-technical, who isn't in that area, can do moving forward, it's a very sort of practical strategy. So, and also stay at the end where I'm going to share with you my outlook on all of this like where do I sit in the continuum of doom or the best thing that's ever happened to us so let's start with the first thing that I want you to know is that artificial intelligence is already a pretty big feature in your day-to-day life AI is this field of technology that has tech do the stuff that we think humans can do or humans have done like problem solving So you'll have heard of the algorithms on Instagram that serve up ads that are very specific to you. Those algorithms are just a set of rules that say what needs to happen when. Algorithms and some other tech are the the base building blocks behind artificial intelligence. Think about if you did a little audit in your life today, do you use Facebook or Instagram? Do you use LinkedIn? If you use Zoom or email or Netflix or Amazon, you will be interacting with a form of artificial intelligence in all of those areas. So let's break this down for you. Think about Zoom. Zoom has some really good noise reduction technology that's very sophisticated on that platform. That's artificial intelligence. So that's a smooth facing, you know, the one where it makes you look a lot younger. Email filters are another form. If you've ever used email filters to send your annoying boss's emails to a particular folder so you could look at it later, which I highly recommend, that's using AI, the autocorrect feature on every piece of tech, AI, the recommendation engines on anything from Goodreads to Netflix, Amazon, AI, 
And think about the, the, the bank. When you've had those calls from the bank saying, oh, we think we've detected fraudulent activity, they were using visual AI to do that, to look out for fraudulent, potential fraudulent behavior. The ability to change your voice to a text note. There's some apps out there that do that for you. So these are all examples of AI that's already in your life. So I think this idea of AI has arrived is a little disingenuous on the side of the press. It's here and you are already using it. And second point I want to make, that ChatGBT is just one example of one type of AI. If the noise about ChatGBT is anything to go about, you think ChatGBT was the only significant piece of AI to take out there. It's just a the impression that you get from the amount of noise in the media. There's a confusion that I think is helped by understanding that different types of AI. So if you think of, there are two broad boxes of AI. So you can talk about artificial narrow intelligence. So it's a type of AI that's focused on one single thing, like it's a one-trick pony. So that Zoom noise filter or a recommendation engine, it's only, it only has one job. And all the progress that we're seeing in artificial intelligence fits in this box of artificial narrow intelligence. So it's it might be a one-trick pony, but if you find the appropriate trick, it's incredibly valuable. The talk about robots taking over the world would fit into the other category, which is artificial general intelligence. So this is our aspiration to build artificial intelligence that looks like and mimics human behavior and human cognitive ability. That's the goal behind artificial general intelligence. And this is where the potential fear that the form of tech can become super intelligent and very better at doing things that humans can do. So we have these two boxes, artificial narrow intelligence and artificial general intelligence. ChatGPT is one example of an AI called a chatbot. And you might assume because of the way, if you've had any experience with ChatGPT to date, that it falls in the general intelligence category. It doesn't yet. There is talk that future versions could put it in that category, but for the moment, it's not. There are other chatbots out there, easy to forget with the press noise, but things like Bing, Microsoft's version is Bing Chat, Google's version is Bard, and there's another one not owned by any of the big names, but called Jasper. Many other tech giants are betting the house on chatbots as a way into this. And chat, chatbot is the one that everyone talks about because it was released free in last year. Very easy user interface. It made it easy to use, and that helped it become one of the fastest adopted technologies of all times. It's been given a lot of authority. Again, if you think of media studies, it became the pinnacle of the news cycle. So it's given a lot of authority just because of that, because it was newsworthy. As a tech, it's trained on a large data set. That's the nature of how it works. It's been trained on everything available on the internet from sort of Wikipedia to the New York Times. So think of remembering, reading and remembering everything that was ever published in the world. That's sort of the library of information that ChatGBT is working with. How it's trained matters for some of the later points I'm going to make. So, so just remember that how it's trained, it's trained on the data sets that live on the internet. The third the thing that I want you to know about artificial intelligence is that GPT, which is the type of tech that ChatGPT is, is just a solution looking for a problem. We went back in time to sort of the 1900s when we got around by walking, uh, riding horses or bicycles, and I showed you an engine, but you'd never seen a car before. I was just showing you this engine. 
and it was shiny and perhaps you thought it looked interesting or a little scary, but you had no idea what was possible with an engine, like the very the very science behind an engine. If you fast forward to you know, now and we can see how the engineering behind that engine revolutionized our lives. We move around, one could argue, more efficiently with cars and planes. Manufacturing became possible in the scale and the speed at which it happens now because of that technology. Agriculture was industrialized because we replaced horses in the fields, the tractors, and the rest of that is history. So, But there was no way we knew the problem that we were solving back whenever the engine tech was invented. But it's one of the things that once out there, people begin to understand it, they apply it in ways that we can't begin to to fathom. And I think ChatGPT and the AI that we're seeing, particularly the sort of generative pre-trained transformer tech, which is what GPT stands for, which is what we call GPT, because who the hell can remember to say that, is a problem that we don't know what we're solving for. And so this raises the question of what are the full possibilities and also what are the full problems. And like those are big unanswered questions. Like we don't know. We don't know yet. We don't know what's possible yet. And the problems, I think the problems are clearer than at this point than what the possibilities are. And the ethical issues are significant. This kind of tech, chatbot, GPT tech, is trained on data on the internet. But who owns that data? Did they get permission to have it used in this way? The answer is no. When you give ChatGPT data work with, say, your marketing strategy, that data goes into the data set it uses for the future. Like, do people understand that? Again, we're sort of giving away the data. Think about the art generating technology out there. So there's, there's solutions like Dali and Midjourney where you just put in a word like CEO and it creates pictures in whatever style you want, like photo real or surreal or whatever style you want. Those AI art generators are trained on enormous amounts of copyrighted images without the consent of original creators. One of the great thinkers of our time, Naomi Klein, calls it the greatest art heist in history. So these are, you know, this, there are massive implications for us in how the tech companies are training GPT kind of tech. There are a lot of data privacy issues, regulations rather in place that are completely not ready to safeguard us and our data in the face of this kind of technology. So data privacy and data regulations aside, what about the biases already baked into the data out there? We used to have this phrase and we still have this phrase in technology, which is garbage in, garbage out. If the GBT tech is trained on the data that's out there, what's going to happen to amplify the systems of oppression that are baked into everything? If you do a little test and ask something like Dali or Midjourney, one of the art generating tools, to give you a picture of a CEO, my friend did this test, what came back was a white male face. But why are we surprised? Anything that's trained on data on the internet is only going to mirror what's already in that data. And we know there's a lot of bias in there already. Data privacy issues, data issues aside, one of the other things that is concerning is the fact that Google and Microsoft have respectively fired or laid off their ethics team. So it was 2020 when Google fired their lead ethicist, Tenmit Gubru, because she dared to criticize one of the things and the models that they were working on. And it was only in March this year when Microsoft cut their ethics team by 75% in what they called a reorg, whatever the reasoning for it, we don't really know. But the optics is questionable. At a time 
that we are in, I would feel more comfort if they were investing and growing their ethics divisions rather than firing and getting rid of them. So there are so many questions which we don't have the answers for, which leads me to the fourth point that I want to leave with you, which is don't trust anyone who says they know the implications for our future of artificial intelligence. Will robots take over the world? Will AI be the answer to the big problems that we haven't been able to solve? Who knows? Tech companies would very much like you to think that AI is going to be the answer to our big world problems and what a world it would be if AI was able to do this. But unpack this for a moment. And again, this point was made by Naomi Klein, like the problem around climate change is not down to our lack of smarts. It's for decades we haven't solved climate change, not because we didn't know now, because lots of smart people with loads of PhDs have been telling governments and policymakers for decades what it is we needed to do. But smart council hasn't been followed by changes because there's insignificant investment in fossil fuels. So it's not smarts we need, but a paradigm shift. It's a different economic model. And I share this with you as, a, as a, an example. So you can challenge the hype around this notion that tech is the technology sector is continuing to sell. Their line is trust us, let us have free reign because we do good things and we're going to solve big problems. I just don't believe it. So remember, there are very large commercial interests betting the house on this technology. You are being lobbied even at this early stage to not worry about the colonialization of data, the greatest art heist in history, because people have vested it in a very large vested interest. And we ignore this long enough, then it'll be too late. So be wary of people saying they know the future of AI. I think genuinely we, we don't know. And if people are, and, and those who say they do know are going to have significant vested interests one way or the other. So this leaves me with the final point that I want to leave you with, which is, what is my strategy? I'm a non-technical leader who wants to be awake through this. What's my strategy? And your best strategy is play. You know, when we don't know what we don't know, it's time to experiment with the perspective of a child, curious, and open, and willing to fail. And, it, and I know it sounds a lot easier than it is and if you're in meetings back to back. Like most of my clients are catching up with emails after hours when the earth do you find time to play. And this goes back to one of the things that matters a lot to me, which is our greatest gift is our attention. It is our attention and we don't protect it. So my suggestion is to find time to play with AI tools or chat GBT, you pick, just so you know what's possible. Like we can't be in this conversation unless we have just some clue as to what becomes possible with it and you can do it with your team you can do it on your own and you can do it with no other purpose other than to learn and play so some ideas that you could try out here is you could try one of the one trick pony tools that are out there like copy ai which is it allows you to sort of craft sort of email and social media content or even write your linkedin post you could use something like poise.com which it's a tool that listens into your side of the conversation on a Zoom meeting and helps, gives you suggestions around how you're communicating around confidence and tone and authority. You could use Otter AI, which it'll transcribe your Zoom meeting and send you some summary of key points. You can get super clever in 
use AI to integrate that with your system and send it off to attendees, but that's probably for the more advanced. There's a tool out there which I have. This is one I haven't tried, but it's interesting, which is rewind.ai, which records everything that you do and say, and then you have a permanent record of it. And, of course, it's all searchable and you don't need to take any notes of anything. You can use ChatGBT to for best practices for something, like if you're fundraising for, the, for your local church, you could ask for best practices and community fundraising and see what it comes up. You can ask it to take on the role of a of a donor and ask it for a view on what they would like to see in a fundraising summary or in a business case or in a insert whatever thing that you're trying to write so use it as a sort of smart intern or brainstorming kind of way so yeah there's some ideas i hope you find something if not from that but it sparks some sort of idea as to what way in you could do to, to practice some of this yeah there is no doubt we're going to look back on this moment as a as an inflection point and I really understand how confusing this field of artificial intelligence can seem. Press coverage doesn't seem comforting. So if you've taken the ostrich approach so far, which is the, you know, I don't worry about stuff that I don't know approach, you're in good company. There's loads of people, there's loads of people out there doing this. And I completely understand that. And I hope that after listening to this, you feel you have a bit more confidence to experiment, understand a bit more of this world, and to be open to listening to the debates that are going to continue. And this is a fast-moving evolution that's going to impact your life, your work, the work of your team, the lives of your children. And so it's not, a, from my view, it's not a time to sit on the sidelines and let others work this out. I promise to share with you where I'm sitting on the divide of you know, what the future might look like. I'm not predicting the future, it's just my current sense of where this is going. I err on the side of dystopian side of the debate, not because I think robots will run the world. I don't believe Robocop is around the corner, but I really worry about the tech companies hold an impact on our lives. The rise of GBT is just an example of the consolidation of tech, of the tech industry's power and how they've colonized our data. Colonization didn't work out well for the colonized the last time around. So I don't see how it's going to work out well this time around. We used to joke in the 90s when I was new in the tech industry that the geeks would one day rule the world. And we joked because as geeks, we were the uncool kids. We had the silly haircuts and the bad outfits and we got picked on and bullied at school and university. And now geeks and the tech companies have unfettered access to all of our lives with very little oversight. And... AI is a revolution with commercial interests, so let's be informed and awake to the hype surrounding it. If you have found this episode helpful or useful, then do share wherever you hang out. And if you've got any feedback, drop me an email. I'd love to know how this landed with you. You can email me at cancerconversations at the edge. Until next week, my friends, this is your woman signing off. Mm-hmm.